You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. Are you, am I, am I hosting alone today or? I just, I was just hoping that the music faded all the way. And well, no, 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 that's, that's what you were waiting for. And your hand came off the slider. I was not planning on messing with you. Now I feel committed to derailing you at some point today. Oh, great. Well, that's Introduce awesome. yourself uh-huh. so people know who you are. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we provide remote uh, support to churches. Oh, man. Man. It's a rough day. It's just been, go to myxp.church. I'm good. I promise. Yeah. yeah. I like that's your tagline. We don't suck, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've been having a, a series of conversations about our, our connection process, how we help mm-hmm. people go from attending for the first time to really being a vital part of our church family. Yeah. And uh, so we've talked about the first two steps. I'll recap it all in a minute. But today we're going to talk about a new event that we have called Happy Hour. Okay. So in, in, I love Happy Hour. In preparation for this conversation... I went online and I love, you know, one of the things that became super popular through COVID was the virtual happy hour. Yeah, we tried one of those. Over it Zoom. was horrible. It was, it was horrid. But there is a lot of, uh, I like I found this article that had like 51 questions for a virtual happy hour for people. So mm-hmm. we, we both looked through the list, picked one mm-hmm. that we're going to do. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to go first. So the go question I found is, what's something that you do that um, always makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like something. Do I get to answer first? Yeah, yeah, you go oh, first. Okay. I'm asking you. Awesome. Um, all right. So just people just get to learn a lot about yeah. about me and more self disclosure. Here we yeah, go. More self disclosure. The thing I love, just I mean, if I've had a long day or whatever, I really love going to the spa. You do. I just, <laughs> I just love it. I, I, I mean. And and here's the deal. I don't even remember. That's not true. My first spa experience ever was at Disney World. Okay. And it was just like, you know, it's one of those when you're on vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Like, sure, yeah. who doesn't like a massage? Oddly enough, I know a few people who don't, and mm-hmm. I find it strange. But that's that's to them. Yep. But what I didn't realize, so I've gone to, a you know, like a massage envy. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty popular chain or yep. one where it's like in an old pizza hut and you walk yeah. in and there's just doors. <laughs> an old you, pizza hut. You, the one that I went to in Illinois literally was an old pizza hut. Was it, a, sure. it was like a massage envy, but it was mm-hmm. in an old pizza hut. Yeah. They, I mean, you could tell because yeah. for whatever reason, no matter how much you try to rebrand an old pizza hut, people know. Oh, totally. Yeah. I feel like the old Taco Bells are like that. Too. Yeah, totally. Uh, but so I went in, like you go into the room, they leave you like, dressed to your level of comfort, and Mm -hmm. then they come and do the massage, they leave, you get dressed, and then you leave, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, I did not realize there was something else. And so at Disney, it's a full, at the... Oh, like at the full amenities, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, just as far as like, you know, there's a hot tub and steam room and sauna and relaxation lounge and like these amazing robes and this and that kind of thing. You love the amenities, man. Oh, man. I, I find the amenities equal to 
the the service that you're going there for, mm -hmm. for sure. Sometimes even above. I mean, yeah. there's been a time or two when they couldn't get me in, but uh, they were like, well, do you just want to come use the amenities? My answer every time is yes, please, because mm -hmm. there's not a fee for that. So yeah. that's delightful. Um, the other thing that I really enjoy, I'm, I'm not sure that I fully understand all of the implications why I, I'm sure I could guess some of them, but um, being a man mm -hmm. that enjoys the spa is amazing because you get to feel like you own it. Yeah. Cause because, there's just not very many guys. Yeah. yeah. There, there just isn't. And we live in Salt Lake city mm -hmm. and about 30 minutes away is park city, Utah. And so we have some of what we've now learned are the best spas, at least in the country, mm -hmm. uh, right at our like fingertips, mm -hmm. essentially just a, a few minutes away. And so I like, it's just a really great, and what's awesome about it is, uh, they typically have a rule against like cell phones. And so you can't have those out. And it just is a really nice, like, I'm going to just chill, get a great massage and like enjoy the, mm -hmm. there's usually a fireplace. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just a very, I think very... especially, I think it's probably especially connects with you because you have such a hard time turning off. Yes. Yeah. You know, like your mind's always going and yep. like literally everything has to be perfect for you to just like woosah. Yep. <laughs> and that's exactly what, that's yeah. designed to and do is just help you chill. Do that. Yeah. That's right. So anyway, mine's that's, mine's that's mine's not nearly as glamorous as that. I was just gonna say music, but mm. that now I feel really <laughs> embarrassed by how lame mine is. But I will say uh -huh. my favorite way to listen to music is at the spa. <laughs> yeah. Just the weird <laughs> tinkly music. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> that uh no, but last I think it was yeah, last Christmas you gave me what I think is my favorite gift you've ever given me. Huh. My Apple AirPods Max. Wow. My headphones. Don't know that we needed to announce that, but all right. No, it's my, that was, I mean, it's a very, very kind, generous gift. And I, I mean, I use them constantly because I do. do listen to music all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh man, I mean, they're, they're not cheap headphones. Like, you know, headphones range from like super cheap chintzy to like, I mean, you can like mortgage your home. Yeah. I feel like Apple some. sort of set a new level though. No, they're, I mean, believe it or Are not. There? Yeah. I oh, mean, okay. I mean, they are definitely expensive headphones, high I mean, quality, I, but they're not that much different than like, I mean, you can get high-end Beats and they're super expensive too. They? There's a range with that. Apple just only has like the AirPod and the AirPod Max and there's a massive difference between the two. Yeah, for But sure. it's also a totally different kind of headphone, but I would yeah. just say it's my favorite way to listen to music. They're oh. unbelievable. And now with the Apple Music has the Dolby Atmos sound, holy yeah. moly. That's a real, man, they've really got that cornered. Huh? I've heard yeah. a lot about Dolby Atmos lately. Oh, it's amazing. I didn't know anything so about good. it. All right, so that was my question. What yep. question did you pick? What is your most unique pet peeve? Oh, my gosh. I, I am, like, baseline irritated all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for I'm me. I'm familiar. Yeah. It's hard for me to pick. So am I answering what, what's my biggest pet peeve with you or just in the world? <laughs> I, I mean, I think our <laughs> listeners expect that we'll get both, but go for it. And me. Um, my biggest pet peeve. I, goodness gracious, I'm not a big fan of whistling. Mm. That's, okay. That's one. Like, I don't whistle too much, I don't think, right? No, you really don't. But just, just like... Every once in a while, an artist will do it in a song. Uh -huh. Like the new Phineas album came out last week, and he has a whistling part in a song, and I really like that. Okay. Um, but people who just walk around and whistle. Yeah. I like whistle while you work? Yeah, I, I want you to whistle into traffic. That's how I, <laughs> okay, that's how wow. I feel people whistle. I'm, Me and the seven dwarfs heading right on into traffic. <laughs> 
so I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably, and I completely own the fact that it is, I mean, whistling is usually like a sound of like happiness and I just am like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, Can I don't you like whistle? you. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Some people can't. Yeah. No, I it's not like a jealousy thing. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if what came out of this episode was your deep seated jealousy of those who can whistle. Because of my inability to do so myself. No, oh, I, yeah. I, I will. I, I think I could make a very long, long list of things that drive me nuts, but that's a big one. Yeah. I have, I have, I I don't know if it's a pet peeve. I guess the opposite of this is probably Mm -hmm. a pet peeve. It's more of like an OCD type thing, Mm -hmm. which is driven by a pet peeve. But when I go to fill my gas tank, (laughs) and this is 100% of the time, Mm -hmm. rental cars, Mm -hmm. my own car. I've experienced it all. All of it, yes. Um, When I'm filling it, like you like, you know, squeeze it and like put the little like trigger thing down. Mm -hmm. And then when it's done, it pops. Yeah, it's supposed to know. And it like releases and it's done. I don't, I don't buy it. And, and I don't know what I've convinced myself of, mm-hmm. but I will, I mean, I will do everything possible to get every tiny ounce of gas mm-hmm. into that tank. This is not an exaggeration. I, cause, cause then you know it had like you squeeze and it clicks automatically yeah. cause it's oh, full. And that, I, no exaggeration. I've seen you do it no less than 15 to 20 times, making sure that every possible yeah. drop that and, could and get into I'll the even tank like, will go I'll even like pull it out uh-huh. and let some of the gas settle and mm. then stick it back yeah. in and squeeze. And, and See, ironically, this is one of my great pet peeves. <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. Yeah, good. Good to know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what I'm trying to accomplish. I just believe that it, 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 over a lifetime, mm-hmm. it's going to reduce mm-hmm. the number of times mm-hmm. I need to get but gas. But here's what's fa- what's fascinating to me is that you do it with rental cars because it's so in conflict with you're just basically like, all you got to do is get that sucker to hit full. Yeah. You keep going well, as if they're going to like nah, take see, the gas out and measure it. You are, you are like likening two things that are totally separate. The reason I do that is mm-hmm. because... No one fills well. You should not fill your gas tank with a rental anywhere near the rental facility because right. it's astronomical. Oh, and you're, so you're making sure I'm it's still on do, full when yes, you get to there. Okay. Yes, so I don't get charged yeah. the full like refill fee and yeah. all of that. Still annoying, and but yes, I understand. I, and that. I feel like it's like a little bit of an integrity thing. Like I oh, mean, if you're Lord. supposed to bring it back full, yeah. and <laughs> I feel like such if, a I, rule if I, oh, I yeah, for sure, <laughs> oh I feel God. like if I've overfilled it at the tank uh-huh. to where it goes past the F, the only rule is that it's at the F and it's based <laughs> on the person who receives it. So if they look at it, they're happy. I would just hate for it to be slightly below, and then you get charged the like twenty five dollar they mm-hmm. fill them up fee or mm-hmm. whatever. It is like twenty five dollars a gallon. It's, it's ridiculous. Absurd, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but in my own vehicle, mm-hmm. ugh, I wish I could. I think that's what I'm doing. I'm saving time over a lifetime. Now, the amount of shenanigans mm-hmm. and and issues and tomfoolery I have getting it all <laughs> squeezed out there each time, I've probably. <laughs> taken years off my life it's probably one of those things i've spent seven thousand hours of my life (laughs) squeezing that tank extra but anyway oh all right we've given a good 11 minutes and 30 seconds to this meaningless intro all right all right so we're going to talk about our happy hour today but first just to catch people up in case this is your first time with us or you haven't been listening the last couple of weeks we've been talking about connection and how we take we've done some kind of retooling of our connection process in this new Mm -hmm. season 
And so really we've been walking through these three steps that we think about. The first is we did an episode two weeks ago on the info card, Uh uh, which is everyone's first step. Like we can't connect people if we don't have their information. So yep, whole, my favorite thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whole, whole episode on that. Last week we talked about what we do with that information, meaning, meaning follow-up. How do yeah. we follow up with people who have given us their, like they've said, help me get connected. And then how do we follow up to do that? Totally. And then this third step for us, which is really like the, I would say the most important thing we're probably trying to get people to uh, that every church should have, we think, some version of this, which is some kind of new people connection gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of the big idea is that every church needs a space for new people to learn. What I would argue is I think there's three things that people in that I've seen over the last 10, 15 years that everybody seems to come in curious about. Yeah. And uh, it's the story, like, mm-hmm. especially with church plants. How did you, what's your story as the pastor planter? How did you get here? Why yeah. did you plant in this place? So people want to know the story. Secondly, they want to know uh, the strategy. Mm-hmm. And so I think most people say, well, what about the mission? And I would say, by and large, yes, for sure mention that. By and large, the whether our language might change, but our mission is the same. Like we're all trying to make disciples, right? Or yeah. you're not, or you're like not a Christian church, I would say. Yep. So, but what I do think is different is how we go about making uh, disciples, which is the strategy. And so I think you're giving people a sense of, so if I was a part of this church, like what would that look like for me Yeah. uh, to participate? I think people want to know that. And then the last thing that I get a lot of questions is, has to do with leadership structure. Churches have different kinds of boards and leadership and, and especially in the wake of so many fallen leaders in the church. Like people want to know how is this thing led? Are you just like a sociopath that gets to do whatever you want? Like people want to know. Yeah. So I think that every church needs a space for people to learn those three things. Absolutely. So we've been doing some version of this for a very long time. Very long. It's had a bunch of different names. Yep. Um, It's taken different forms. And can I just say, like, I think they need to learn it quickly. Yes, exactly. I'm going to say, like, I would say the goal of this thing is to, we're trying to help people make an informed decision as quickly as possible about whether or not they should connect here. Yeah. Because I think if they, what's hard and what sometimes causes some stinking churches is when you didn't provide a venue for these things Mm -hmm. and they build a bunch of relationships that now they're really connected to and then learn that, uh, you have a stance on something they strongly disagree with that they didn't know. And now it's a big problem. Right. And you're going to have lots of meetings about it and it's a whole thing. And so I think uh, sort of, it's sort of like the idea of leading with your face, making sure people know here's who we are and we want you to know about it right away. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And so I've, I've always, I've said in every iteration of this at like at the end, Mm -hmm. like in my prayer, I've always said, Lord, I ask that you would do one of two things that Mm -hmm. you would, help light a person's heart on fire for who we are Yep. and for being a part of this community or that you would just confirm for them, this isn't the place for them yeah. and that you would provide a church home. Yeah. And I think even, uh, I know that, uh, Lots of times, even when I taught it uh, at our church in North Carolina, uh, we even offer, like, if what you've heard today 
does not resonate with you for whatever reason, come let us know what you're looking for. And we might be able to point you to a church in totally. the area that will align with. Because I think uh, what I've always said is that I am passionate. My heart is on fire mm-hmm. for this church. And I believe that's possible for mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not, or if you feel like, oh, here mm-hmm. we go again, or yeah. I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. man, keep looking. Right. And you might have been looking for a long time, but until you can really resonate and be excited and passionate about what your church is doing, mm-hmm. keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's good. So this most recent iteration that we just had our first one of what, two Sundays ago now, or yeah, about two Sundays ago Yep, is we're calling it happy hour, mm-hmm. right? It's my, this is my, so far, this is my favorite iteration of this newcomer connection event. Yes. And favorite name too. Yeah. We had a lot of stinkers. Do you remember any yeah, of we, them? We, we sat down, whatever it was two months ago and we did a whiteboard sesh on yeah. this and yeah. we had... I mean, I think we went through a good, probably 20 to 25 iterations of names. Yeah. Well, you do you remember the worst one? I, I know there was a couple we were laughing pretty hard about because they were so bad. They were dogs. Um, not that I can think of. I'll look and see if I've, I've I think I have a picture of, uh, we wrote down some, but then you like were frustrated because we just could not land on anything we mm-hmm. liked. You went to the bathroom. I don't know what happened in there, but you came back and you had this idea. All right. I know there's people listening to this for whatever reason. I, f- I find like when I get stuck on something, mm-hmm. two things usually help me think clearly, especially when it comes to creative thinking like this. One is uh, I need to like go for a walk. So okay. sometimes I'll just go for a walk and that'll clear it up. And then sometimes uh, if I have to pee, that's what does it. Hmm. Well, so you got, you got, cleared I, came, up. I was, I was all of a sudden I was like happy hour. So let's talk about the name for it. Cause we, we like we had redemption. I think we had intro to redemption. Um, like i I can think of a bunch of different names that it has been, but we landed on happy hour. Yep. Cause for me, one oh one or step one, step one. Yep. Yeah. Newcomers lunch, newcomers lunch. We had, this is Ridgeline. This is Ridgeline. We yep. do have that. Yeah. I think at one point it was, uh, it was like lunch or meet pastor me. A meetup of Pastor Ryan. Yeah, yep. we called, I think, right before COVID mm-hmm. shut us down. So now it's happy hour. So the, I, what I, when I, all of a sudden I was thinking like, uh, when I think about a happy hour, I think about people like after work mm-hmm. going and mingling to totally. get to know one another, like on a more personal relational level, rather than just like we do the same job. Yep. And I was like, well, that's kind of like what it is that we're trying to do. Yeah. We want people to get to know one another and happy hours just feels totally very relaxed and very relational, which is very much the culture that we're trying to create in this thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you've always been most of the language stuff that we have ever done has always been done by you. This is for sure my favorite because I think it immediately in my mind evoked that for me. And I think not everyone's experienced that, but uh, through my time at Starbucks, I had one particular boss who like loved a good happy hour and a lot of us would get together and it was I mean you could have just gotten your like tail handed to you in feedback and things you didn't buy that boss by that boss but as soon as we stepped into Granite City or Applebee's or Mm. wherever we went for Applebee's yeah oh man and their queso was real good (laughs) once upon a time uh their queso and their Long Island iced teas yep uh but it was it was equals everyone was you know everyone was uh it was about 
personal connection. Mm -hmm. And, and no matter what you came into it with or what kind of day you had, that was an opportunity. Uh, and we, you know, and you know, we would end on like Friday a little bit early, not Mm -hmm. a ton, not irresponsibly, but a little bit early and everyone still had to get home for dinner and their families and all of that. But we had a few hours to just, or have hour to just connect with one another. I love it. It's great. And we've had like, and I think the thing we really wanted to avoid was anything that felt class-like because yes. we've had times in the past where it was more of like a, you know, come on Tuesday night, spend three hours in a class mm-hmm. taking notes. And, um, I just, I hate that. <laughs> so yeah. I just, I, 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 I think maybe the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm not going to create events that I don't want to like, I yeah. got to go to these things. Yeah. If you have a handout, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we should do like the Jeff Foxworthy yeah. thing. You might have a terrible newcomer connection event. If, if there's a handout. Yeah, if there's a handout. If there's fill in the blanks, mm-hmm, for sure for that. Sure. If there's no food, no drinks, no, yeah. your newcomer thing blows. Oh, no one wants to come. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some of the details, but because it went well and because uh-huh. we, I think, um, uh, were intentional about the right things, uh, people raved about it. Totally. Yeah, and so we were after a very, like, Again, like we were trying to capture our own version of what a happy hour would look like. So let's talk through some of the details of how we did it. So we're doing uh, once a month on a Sunday afternoon from four to five. Which, if you've listened to uh, episode... Maybe it was the one about the meeting that go, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I strongly disagreed with that time frame. Yeah. You pushed forward on it because mm-hmm. you get to decide, mm-hmm. and go ahead. Everyone came. It. Yeah. Everyone, for the first time ever, yeah. everyone just showed up just like without being prompted, begged or anything. Yep. And it was like the flawless time. And now that we've applied that to happy, I love it because yeah. uh, Sunday morning is mm-hmm. super busy for me. Right. So when we would do a lunch, I would just go home and want to die. Just haggard. I mean, it was it was the worst. And we were no in no way bringing our best for yeah. those people at the newcomers lunch right after church. Yeah. Uh, the idea behind it was that you're capitalizing on the people who are already there. They don't have to go anywhere and mm-hmm. you're going to feed them. And so like they'll stay. Right. Um, and in this case, it was plenty of time for me to go home, chill for a minute. Mm-hmm. And even as one of the people responsible for executing the event, um, I was still able to get it totally done without yeah. feeling stressed, all of those kind of things. It was, uh, yeah, I love it. It was great. And we didn't have to feel the burden of like full dinner. No. Right. We got close. Yeah, we, but, we yeah, definitely yeah, had yeah, enough yeah. food for everyone to leave yeah. full. Oh, yeah. So we did True Happy Hour. You yep. found a place uh, down on 9th mm-hmm. and 9th downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had it catered yep. with, like, small plates, and then yep. we had drinks. And then we spent probably the first 20 minutes just kind of mingling, hanging out together. Yep. So, like, what, what went into the decision to have their, like – why did we decide to do it that way, period? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, in general, you don't love... So my uh, proclivity in this type of situation is to decide I'm going to take care of all the food, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the size of the group mm-hmm. or things like that. Like, And even as we first talked about it, as you came up and said happy hour, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I will go to mm-hmm. s- Costco and get some heat em up snacks mm-hmm. and call it, you know, and you just stick them in the oven. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But everyone's had, I mean, we weren't really looking for bagel bites and, mm-hmm. you know, weird dips and stuff like that. Right. We wanted, we wanted it to demonstrate to these new people, uh, like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. this is what we invest in instead of the gift. It's like, hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming to our church and thank you for making time on a Sunday afternoon. And sure. so we wanted to make it feel like this wasn't like a phoned in, uh, you know, like kind of 
grocery store done charcuterie board. We mm-hmm. really want it to be nice. And so uh, over the past couple of months, I've found this place downtown. It's called the Central Ninth Market. If you're in Utah, you should push pause or let it keep playing because you got to drive there. Yeah. <laughs> Get in your car drive there and have all their food mm-hmm. and just trust them. And the environment itself, you're like, I don't, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Just eat their food. And that's all that, that's mm-hmm. all that you need to do. Uh, so it's a spectacular uh, food. And so I was just asking them, Hey, do you guys cater? That actually is what they started out to do and pivoted because of COVID. And so they still do that. Mm-hmm. And they were able to give us like, we had five different options mm-hmm. and they were able to give us these kind of small bites. One of the things I gave them props on is, uh, as we did it, my biggest concern, anytime there's something with food is what? That it's going to run out. Yes. And yeah. there was plenty. This was like Jesus could have fed the 5,000. Well, not that much food. But I mean, there, there, it, were, there were 12 I, baskets left I, I even like did not do my normal thing where I like gave them a shakedown on the front end and I was like, listen, yeah. if we run out of food, I usually do that. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just going to let them do their thing. And thankfully, they did their thing really well. We had plenty of food mm-hmm. and everyone loved it. That's I mean, great. they just couldn't believe it. And as we had extra, we don't have, our space doesn't have like a big kitchen or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so we gave people stuff to take home and they loved that too. Yeah, it was great. And so we also had, uh, we did beer, wine, like sodas, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So on that note, let's talk about the alcohol thing for a minute. Yeah. Because let's just talk about when it. most people think of it, like when most people, I mean, when you hear the term ha- happy hour, usually that is it like at a bar and or restaurant. Yeah. So there's drink specials, drink. Yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. So like, I think that there is probably a very good, I know that alcohol for some people is still a very touchy issue. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of disagreement amongst yep. people. Some people choose, some followers of Jesus choose to abstain altogether. Some would go so far as to say that they think that it would be sinful for a mm-hmm. Christian to drink. Clearly that's not where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. But I still think that even for, for so our, our position as a church biblically is one of moderation. Yep. That beer, wine, alcohol is just like food is a good gift from God to be consumed in moderation. Right. And that if you choose to abstain, that's totally fine as well. Where I would take issue is someone building a biblical case for alcohol to be sinful. I think yep. that is un, an unbiblical, highly legalistic position. Yep. Now, even for, for pastors who agree with what I just said, which my guess is probably the majority of people who listen to us, yeah. there would still be Based some... Based on our intro alone, you know we're not pouring water out of Yeah, those, are, of those. those are whiskey yeah. clinks. Yeah. Um, that some would still say, well, there's no way in the world that I would serve alcohol at like a newcomer's gathering at sure. all. Yep. Primarily because for people that don't agree, you're going to offend them and drive them away. Yep. And so I very much could understand people like having the question of like, why would you do that? Don't you worry about the possibility of driving people away through that? And I guess my short answer to that is no. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because... Like we've, we've chosen a position of moderation yep. uh, as leaders and as a church. Yep. We do believe that to enforce um, abstinence from alcohol on, on people as like that's the Christian way is a pretty severe form of legalism. Mm-hmm. And so if in, in general, and I mean, I don't know how this will land with people who are listening, but I'm not super pumped about filling our church with legalists. Right. Of any kind, yeah. About anything, and so you know, we like I have a beer and book club that I yep. do, um, especially during the summer. So it's there, and yep. we have people that do brunches as meetups that you know have mimosas or whatever it is that they're going to do. So it's pretty 
commonplace in the culture of our church. Now, clearly, we have recovering alcoholics. We have people who don't drink. We have all of that in our yeah. community for sure. But it's not a th- like that's just not a thing for us. Like sure. it's definitely not a hill that we're going to die on. Um, and so I, you, you mentioned like leading with your face. This is one area where we're like, Hey, if alcohol is a problem for you, if, I mean, it's, then you're going to, you're going to be pretty frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. This is not the only, like, cause it's not an issue for us. Sure. And I think, you know, I mean, on the other end, I certainly didn't phone it in where there was like beer and wine and then, uh, warm tap water for everyone mm-hmm. else. I mean, we had like bottled Coke and bottled mm-hmm. Sprite and this like non-alcoholic, uh, Mexican sangria beverage that, mm-hmm. you know, has kind of a cult following. And we mm-hmm. had Pellegrino and and that kind of thing. And what we were trying to do is give people options. We were just really comfortable with uh, Buer wine being an option for mm-hmm. people as well. And I think especially being in a situation previous to this in which uh, alcohol was very taboo, it was like both okay and not. We were required to leave the county to be able to purchase any because we shouldn't be yeah, seen in the stores. Yeah, I think I was stores, told that I needed and- to be, if I was going to have a drink out with my wife, I needed to be an, uh, an hour away from the church. Oh, yeah. I mean, in order to buy any alcohol, I did, you know, a 90-minute uh, each way drive mm-hmm. to be able to like buy it and then come back. And the problem was in order to do that, you, to, you had to stock up. So mm-hmm. you looked way worse than a single bottle of wine right. in your grocery cart. But regardless, I think uh, it, it, it just comes from a place of not wanting to be in a place where we have to be weird about it. it even uh, with my XP, we support lots of churches. And so oftentimes people will ask about the meetups or things like that. And so I will uh, use Ridgeline often mm-hmm. as the demonstration. And mm-hmm. so I'll click on so here's a meetup. And I remember I was having a conversation with a couple of guys and they saw your beer and book club and they were like, <gasps> mm-hmm. what? And I was like, yeah. That. And they're like, well, we would love to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes way back to a series we did a long time ago, plant the church that you want to go to. Yep. And the church that I want to go to isn't weird if, if the pastor decides to have a beer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we've just decided to kind of put that out there. And I mean, the so... I mean, we certainly didn't have anyone tell us that they were offended by that. No. <laughs> by any means. Um, I don't think that people knew. I, I had, uh, there's these two women who've been coming to Ridgeline now for a couple of months and they came to the happy hour mm-hmm. and they were so like, well, the first week we announced it, they thought, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And they were walking out and, uh, and one of them said like, oh, is there going to be a cocktail there? I was like, no, but there's going to be beer and wine. And she was like, I was joking. Are you serious? I was like, yeah. She goes, can I come to happy hour every month? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And yeah. I think that's what we want yeah. uh, as an environment. And not that that's all that would drive them there, but whether it be with the food, with the drink, with mm-hmm. the experience in general, the overall kind of feeling and vibe, mm-hmm. we want people to feel like, can I be new again? Right. And yeah. I believe, uh, because no one told us otherwise in the feedback we got, most of those people left. And they felt that way. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that we definitely did uh, was that we invited some of the people who call Ridgeline home to be a part of it. And I have had those people strongly request to be invited again on a monthly basis, you know, and we want to switch it up. And and it's really just to one, sometimes you need kind of critical mass for it to Mm -hmm. not feel awkward. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we would have had enough people on Sunday that it wasn't required, but then that also doesn't put all of that kind of relational connection on you and I, Mm -hmm. because I'll speak for myself. Um, I have a deep, 
uh, seated fear and abhorrence of small talk. Yeah. I'm real bad at it. Yeah. And so I'm so happy to spend a little more and invite the people in our church that just, I mean, that we have, awesome we have one it. guy who he could not wait to yeah. come. He was just like, I am coming to happy. Shout hour. out to John Nesbitt. That's right. I yeah. mean, yeah, he is. He's he exceptional is, at it. Yeah, so good. And, and uh, you know, he comes up to me regularly on a Sunday and he'll say, hey, did you meet that new couple? And I was like, oh, yeah. I said hello as they came in. And he's like, cool. And he will give me 30 bullet points of everything he learned in the three-minute conversation. What I learned was, brr, it's cold out here, right? And then they walked inside. <laughs> so, so as a result, you have to kind of staff around or invite around the yeah. things that you're not great at. And I knew, uh, I still sat at a table with someone, but I even chose to sit at a table with someone that I knew loves that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was there and participated as well, but it wasn't on me to drive it. Yeah. And I think that that was something that we've, we've experimented with a little bit before, uh, but I love the way we did it this time where it was just kind of a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great experience for both. So we kind of had, I mean, there were, so we had, I think we had four round tables mm-hmm. and we basically had one or two sort of table hosts yeah. to put at each table. And they weren't even assigned, no. but there was just an understanding like, you're, you're here to to yeah. meet these people yeah. and give them a chance yeah. to meet you. Yeah, for for you, this is kind of like an output type thing. Yeah. Uh, and so you had to like, we even had some people kind of ask if they could come and I just had to clarify Absolutely, as long as you're on board with the fact that this is about like connecting with these people, answering their questions, all of those kind of things. Yeah, so we had that. And then, uh, so we did probably about 20-ish minutes of that, 20, 30 minutes of just hanging Mm -hmm. out, mingling, getting to know one another. And again, there wasn't like icebreakers. There was no like weird awkward it was literally just we didn't have any prizes yeah and this and this again this is why we invited the people that we did to be table hosts we were looking for people who are good at naturally connecting with others yes so this is not the thing that you would invite like every church has people that are socially awkward you know so like those are not and that's totally okay those people are welcome in our we we have lots of people in our church that are socially awkward that we deeply love and are extremely invested and important to our church those are not the people that you're inviting to come be a table host because they're not going to want to be for one. And then two, you don't want to have to sit there and have like table talk questions. We want this to just be a thing that we can like hang out and get to know one another. And they did an awesome job with that. After that, then I got up and, uh, and basically walked through those three things. I told a little bit of our story, talked about our strategy, how we go about fulfilling our mission, a little bit about our leadership structure, and then Q&A, which I would yeah. say is the fourth sort of vital point totally. in it, is to give people the opportunity. Because like, again, our goal is to help people make an informed decision as quickly as possible about whether or not they should connect at our church. Sure. So the like I've hit on, these are the big three I know everybody wonders about. Now, yep. ask whatever you want. Yeah. If you've got that thing that yep. you just need the answer to, just ask it. Yep. And yep. we do. We constantly get questions about like, what's your plan for a building? Where yeah. do you see yourself in five to 10 years? What like, does community involvement yeah, look like? All yeah. the, those, all those kinds of questions come up all the time. Usually if someone has um, a theological conviction, that's really important to them. Mm-hmm. Women teaching women in ministry, spiritual gifts end times, like all that kind of like secondary and yep. dare I say tertiary. Oh, don't say it type stuff. You don't dare. <laughs> Uh, we want people to have a, a, a safe space to be able to ask those questions yep. so that 
if our position on one of these things is a deal breaker, cool, man, let's just get that out of the way now so that you know, like, if that is, like, if it's an issue for you that a woman is going to teach on Sunday, yeah, you're going to see that sometimes at Ridgeline. So you're not going to want to be here. If that's a hill you're willing to die on, totally. then, you know, we love you. Again, I have, you have, we have helped people find churches that are a good fit for them yeah, and are really committed to that. So that Q&A just... Lee keeps you from having to like be a prophet and know everyone's questions. Totally. Just yep. give them a free space to just ask whatever you want. Yep. Absolutely. And that's personally is always my favorite part because it makes it really interactive and, um, and it's fun. So first happy hours, two weeks ago, we got another one coming up in two weeks mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was great. Yep. Any other thoughts Can't on wait. that you'd add closing thoughts on why, this no. is important or anything that you'd commend to people. What's the one if, so let me pose this better. If someone, um, maybe either currently does have some kind of newcomers gathering yeah. or they want to have one, what would you say in your, in your thought? Like, what do you think is the <clears throat> most important thing to think about or to have for that meeting? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, and I take this, uh, all the way back to my time at Starbucks, a regional vice president I worked with talked about uh, when you have a conference, when you have a meeting, when you have whatever, uh, people care about two things. Uh, how did you feed them and did you give them enough free time? Now, mm-hmm. happy hour is only an hour. It's not mm-hmm. a multi-day conference mm-hmm. and so we don't have to worry about the free time. But mm-hmm. I genuinely think the food and beverage, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're not in a place where you want to introduce alcohol mm-hmm. or things like that, but don't phone it in. Yeah. Don't, you know, I know there's a church that we were associated with for a while and their big thing was like, a cake mm-hmm. because because every party has a cake mm-hmm. no one like and it was like no, just I mean, outside you know, of it was, a kid's birthday party yeah. what freaking party are you going to well, that has a cake and it was just like a grocery store sheet cake Ugh. you were just like are you are you are you for real? And so I think really, uh, and their big thing was a cake and balloons. I, I'll never forget sitting in that kind of like break off about this. And it was like, you got to have a cake and you got to have balloons. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. my son is literally having his ninth birthday party tonight uh-huh. and there will be cake and balloons. Cool. Because he's nine. Right. And so I think don't phone it in. Yeah. Um, really think about the environment in, in the room. Really mm-hmm. like even so the first time we learned a few things, just um, the food was all spectacular. We had a couple of like temperature things on the food. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some hot plates and all of that, but I went and got or ordered a couple uh, chafing dishes and just just to, again, make sure that the investment is worth it. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a really um, great thing. So I think really being intentional about every element from, you know, can they find the building, Um, you know, uh, what music is playing, Mm -hmm. all of those kind of things really need to be given some thought because it's your first impression. Right. Yeah, I think I think my closing thing would just be as the as the if you're like the lead pastor planter that's sort of facilitating that thing mm-hmm. is is you think through what are the things that you want to share. I think if I were to boil it down to one thing, you want to give people a sense of if I make the decision to become part of this church, mm-hmm. what is that going to look like? Yeah. Structure what you share around yeah. that. Yeah. So I think they're going to want to know something about you. They're going to want to yep. know about like, if I'm here, what's it look like to be a part of the life of this church, all yep. that kind of stuff. But the question I'd wrestle with is, is, is how do I help people understand if they commit to being here, what that's going to mean for them? Totally. I think that's probably the most important thing. Yep. So uh, here's my plan for next week. We'll right. talk about this oh, case. Yeah, so yeah. technically we're uh, live, huh? Yeah, technically we're done with this series. Yeah. Okay, it's over. I don't want. I don't want to talk about this anymore. 
Um, so next week we're going to, this is related to connection in that when I think about what is the end game here? Like what's mm-hmm. the, what, like if you think about this as a linear journey that we're trying yeah. to take people on. So it's info card and we follow up with them. We want them to come to happy hour, but then mm-hmm. what, is that it? And, and really what we want is we want people stepping into what we call formative friendship, mm-hmm. which for us happens through squads. Okay. And so we have, I think, mentioned squads a little yeah. bit, but we have just finally started, we feel like, to really hit our stride on what, how, to, how to build them, how to train them, how to facilitate them, all that stuff. So we're going to spend, starting next week, a few weeks talking about kind of our end game, which is getting people in formative friendships. I like it. Does that work? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, if this is your first time joining us, uh, then if you could do us a favor and uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd really appreciate that. You can also always leave a review as that helps more people find out about From the Field. And then lastly, we would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's (laughs) D-R-E-W-I-T-C. Or you can visit us, uh, or visit... Rude. There it is. Go to myxp.church. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>